In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it's kind of been kind of the theme of, of this series that we've been preaching. We've been preaching a series that we've titled By Faith, Not By Sight. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We've been looking at different ones through the Bible that uh, have basically taken and turned that scripture around. They walk by sight and not by faith. We preached, first of all, about Eve who was deceived when she walked by sight and not by faith. Then we preached about uh, Lot who had destruction brought into his life when he walked by sight and not by faith. And Samson was defeated because he walked by sight and not by faith. And last week we preached about Peter that became distracted when he walked by sight and not by faith. You know, it never turns out good when you walk by sight. Never turns out good. We need to walk by faith. Remember, walking by faith is when a person trusts in the Lord, the Word of God, and obeys the leadership of the Holy Spirit instead of what he or she uh, sees or feels in their flesh or what others say or do. It's so important how that we learn to walk by faith and not by sight. We're going to look at another disciple this morning who walked by sight and began to doubt. And uh, it didn't turn out real good at first, but it, it finally did turn out fine. But my friend realized that walking by sight and not by faith is not a good thing. If you would, please stand for the reading of God's Word. John chapter 20. John chapter 20. And would you please stand if you're able to for the reading of God's Word. John chapter 20. And we're going to begin reading in verse 19. John 20. And verse 19. Then the same day at evening, and of course this is, is after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is the first day of the week. Jesus had just rose that day. It says, and the same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, the, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. When he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the, the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever his sins ye retain, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I, see, or except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe." And after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came, Jesus, <clears throat> then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord... And my God. And Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen 
and yet have believed. Look back in verse 20 where we'll take our text this morning. It says, The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Let's pray. Father, we come to you asking that you would meet with us this morning. Lord, we sure need the hand of God in our lives. Lord, we need you to touch every heart here this morning. There may be someone here today that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Lord, if they died today, they don't know that they would go to heaven. Lord, you said in, in, John in 1 John chapter uh, uh, 5, verse 13, that we can know that we have eternal life. So, Lord, I pray that they would come today and let's take a Bible and show them how they can know Jesus Christ for certain as their Savior. But, Lord, I pray every Christian here, would you encourage, would you strengthen, draw us closer to you. And, Lord, may we not doubt, but may we walk by faith and not by sight. For this I ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. You know, here's kind of an example. A lot of times over the years, every one of us know people that we went to school with that we, we got some type of nickname for them because of what they did or something happened. And there's some type of nickname that, that hangs with them the rest of their life, it seems like. Sometimes people, because of one mess up in their life, Something's added to their name, and they're known by that mess up the rest of their life. When you speak of, of Thomas, uh, a lot of times when you're talking about Thomas, what do we call him? We call him Doubting Thomas. He did it one time, and it got labeled to his life that he was Doubting Thomas. And, you know, here, it's kind of sad that here's a man that really, his life was not all about doubting. But yet we know him as Doubting Thomas many times. He's called Doubting Thomas because of the time he did doubt. There's a, you know, this man that, uh, uh, here's a man that he was willing, to be honest with you, he was willing to go to, with Jesus when he was trying to, when they were trying to kill Jesus, he was willing to go with Jesus even uh, back to when Lazarus was, uh, was, uh, uh, had died and they had laid him in the grave and Jesus said, we're going to go back and all of them said, man, they're going to kill you, they're looking to kill you. And here's a man, Thomas, Thomas is the one that said, let's go with him and die with him. In fact, you'll find over in John chapter 11, verse 16, it says, Then saith Thomas, uh, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. He said, I'm willing to die with him. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's to say a lot about a man that he, if he's willing to go back and, and put his life on the line with you, and yet we know him as Doubting Thomas. And we forgot about that part about it. He was a faithful man that was willing, as I said, to die. Here's a man that was willing to ask the question that how to be with the Lord when the Lord talked about, was speaking of his ascension, and the others wouldn't ask the question. But he wanted to be with Jesus so much that he, he's the one that asked the question in John chapter 14, beginning in verse 4. He says, Whither, and Jesus speaks, says, Whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? He's asking a question. We, we're not, we, don't, we don't get it yet. We, we don't know where you're going. And how can we know the way if we don't know where you're going? And he's asking the question that everybody else is thinking. But they ain't got the guts to ask it. And the reason he asked the question is because he wants to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to be there with him. He, he don't want to be separated from him. In verse 6, as Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. He said, I am the way, Thomas. 
And so Thomas asked this question. Here again is a man this, that his desire was to be with the Lord and, and to be able to follow him in obedience. Thomas was a man that was following Jesus by faith, but now we see this faithful follower of Jesus walking by sight. Walking by sight. So I want us to look at why Thomas doubted here, because every person in this room, we struggle with these things at times in our lives. First of all, Thomas was out of place. Thomas without place. Look at verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. So why did Thomas walk by sight and not by faith? He was out of place. He wasn't there when Jesus came into their presence. Thomas, for whatever reason, was not there. And uh, when Jesus appeared to the others in verse 19, it says, In the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. He wasn't there. He was out of place for some reason. You've got uh, the other Jews, had the, uh, the disciples and all, they had gathered in this, uh, in, in this place, and, and they had the doors. The Bible says that they had the doors locked for fear of the Jews. They was afraid that they would come and take them and, and, and kill them also. Uh, word had got out that the tomb was empty. And they thought, well, maybe, maybe they're going to come looking for us, thinking that we have stolen the body away. That's what had been told. And so they've locked the doors and they're in there, but for some reason, we don't, the Bible doesn't tell us why. Thomas wasn't there. Thomas wasn't there. You see, some, Thomas was out of place. He should have been there. They was probably there praying, seeking the Lord, asking the Lord what was going to take place, and they, they were fearful probably. When you, begin to, when you begin to walk by sight, you'll be out of place. What do you mean you'd be out of place? You won't be where you're supposed to be. When you begin to walk by sight, instead of trusting God, instead of trusting His Word, instead of trusting the leadership of the Holy Spirit in your life, you're going to go where your eyes lead you, not where faith leads you. And you're going to be out of place, out of place of, of faith in God's Word, forgetting what the Lord has told you in His Word. Hey, listen, so many times when people begin to walk by sight, they get out of this. They no longer get in the Word. They're out of place. They're not in, in the place where God can speak to their hearts through the Word of God. And so they're out of place here, and, and he's not trusting what the Lord had said and told him even before. In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so if we're going to have faith and trust the Lord, we've got to get into this book. We've got to allow the Word of God to get into our heart. The Bible says in Psalms 119.11, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Taking the Word of God into our heart. We go over into Psalms chapter 1. It talks about meditating on the, on the Word of God. Day and night. Being like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth its fruit in its season. His leaf also shall not wither. Talking about a man who stays in the Word of God and, and keeping the Word of God in his heart day and night. But Thomas was out of place. He was walking by sight. Out of place in our fellowship with the Lord. Because our fellowship then becomes that with what we see. You know, a lot of times our fellowship, you know, it's good. That's the good thing about coming together as a church. A fellowship that we have one with another. You know, and, and sometimes people, we, we got such a, a close fellowship. You know, we aggravate one another to death, but that's okay. <laughs> And the problem is, is that uh, sometimes we don't know whether to laugh or just cry. But anyway, we, we have a good time. But the fellowship one with another, 
is important here with us as Christians. But there's a greater fellowship than that, and that is the fellowship with the Lord. Spending time in prayer, spending time alone with Him and, and, and talking with the Lord, pouring out your heart unto God and allowing God to speak to your heart, allowing God to speak in such a way that draws you closer to Him. That fellowship is so important. Here's a man that began to walk by sight because he thought that Jesus was dead. And so it seemed as though the fellowship was gone with God. And so his fellowship was not with the Lord like it should be. He was out of place. And many times we do the same thing. We get our eyes on, the, on this world. We get our eyes on things around us. We get out of church maybe. Or we, we hit and miss the, the, the services or whatever it is. And we get out of fellowship. We hit and miss in, our, in, in, in the Word of God. And, and we get out of fellowship with the Lord. We hit and miss in our prayer times. And we're out of fellowship with the Lord. We're out of place. We begin to walk by sight. And we begin to doubt. Over the years, I've counseled with a lot of people who struggle with their salvation, who struggle with, with uh, 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 different things about the Bible, who struggle with different things about uh, uh, reality uh, uh, and the truth of, of God and, and everything like that. And many times, most of the time, what I'll find is they're out of place. They're not in the Word of God. They're not praying. They're not, they're not, in, they're not, they're not uh, in that fellowship with the Lord. We get out of place of, of that which, is, which the Lord is doing and working in lives. Thomas wasn't there when he came in and, 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 and with, uh, to meet with them and, and, he, and revealed himself to them. So he was out of place. You know one of the things that I, uh, uh, me and, and probably every preacher, uh, uh, it just, it just, we know the reality of it. We'll have revival meetings or have special meetings, bring in a special speaker or a preacher or somebody like that. And we know that God is going to do something special and God's going to be speaking to that person. And then people miss those meetings. Do you know what happens? They're out of place and they miss what God is doing. Some of the greatest times in my life is when God began to work in my heart and life in some of those special meetings. I'm talking about before I was ever called to be a preacher. When God began to work, it might be at camp or it might be at some or, or someplace else or, or in a revival meeting. And, and when we're out of place, we miss what God's doing. See, walking by faith will cause you to seek the presence of the Lord. It'll cause you to desire Him, to walk near to Him. But walking by sight will cause you to seek the presence of the world and the things of this world, and it'll bring doubts into your lives. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. We ought to be desiring God to be in that place where he's at. The desire, you say, well, preacher, uh, he dwells within me. I understand that. But he's going to be in a place doing a work in hearts and lives. Boy, there's nothing like being in, in a good, a good service where God moves in and he begins to work in people's hearts. And, and boy, I tell you what, people begin to call on the Lord and people's hearts begin to, to lift up the Lord. There's nothing like it. To be in the place where God is working. James 4, 8 says, draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double minds. So Thomas doubted because he was out of place. He missed what the others had seen. Many, could I tell you if, you, if you're not in the Word of God, you're going to miss what others see. Have you ever been maybe in the services and, and you're sitting there and maybe you're looking around and you see somebody else, boy, they're over there. Mm, that's good. Praise the Lord. Preach it, preacher. And you're like, well, what are they getting excited about? You missed what God had for them or had for you or something. 
and you was out of place. But Thomas, he began to walk by sight and he was out of place and he began to doubt. And too many people today are doubting and wondering if God is able to do what is needed in their lives. Notice here also Thomas was out of focus. Look at verse 25. So the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. We've seen the Lord. But he comes back and he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. He was out of focus. He couldn't see what they saw. Have you ever been in that position? Somebody said, you see that over there? See what? That over there. Look, 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 look. And you look. I said, I don't see it. They said, well, look above that tree. Just look. Just go about like it's three foot above the tree. Look. Just look. Straight. I still don't see it. And it's out of focus. If I take these glasses off, you all look a lot better. <laughs> Because you're really out of focus. <clears throat> oh, that's scary. But I'll tell you what. Many times we get things out of focus. His focus was on something else. He was looking at something else. If you have ever shot any guns or done anything, especially with a scope or anything, and if you're focusing on something else than what you're supposed to be focusing on, you're going to shoot high or you're going to shoot low. And too many times today as a Christian, we're on the wrong focus and we're, either, and we're generally shooting too low spiritually. We need to raise our sights just a little bit and begin to enjoy what God has for us. We're out, we get out of focus when we begin to walk by sight and not by faith. But Thomas was out of focus here. Thomas, his attention was not on the Word of God. Jesus had been speaking to the disciples for quite a time about, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be taken by, by, by the, the rulers and I'm going to be crucified and I'm going to be laid in a, in a tomb and then on the third day I'm going to rise from the dead. He had been telling, and if you, we go back and we look at the scriptures he was talking, and he was telling just as plain as he possibly could. Even so much so that even the Pharisees and the religious people that, that had him crucified said, hey listen, hey you need to put a guard out there at that tomb because he's already told them that he's coming out of that tomb on the third day and so we don't want them going in there and stealing that body so you need to make sure that it's not that they don't get in there and steal that body so they had heard the same thing but for some reason Thomas wasn't focusing on what Jesus said you know what Thomas was focusing on stand up here Blake this is what he said get your hands out of your pockets Jesus didn't have pockets <clears throat> he said except I can see the nail print in his hand which would probably be here not down here if I can see the nail print in his hand and take my finger and stick my finger in that nail hole and except I take my hand and I stick it into that side that was cut open by that spear, I'll not believe. Do you know why? His focus was on a nail hole, a riven side, a cross, a crown of thorns, blood running down that cross, and a tomb that had been sealed. 
That's where his focus was. Thank you, Blake. That's what he was looking at. He had, for, he, he, he had laid aside everything that Jesus had told him about the death, the burial, and the resurrection. His focus wasn't on what Jesus said. His focus was on that man that I seen on the cross, the one that is supposed to be the Son of God, and he died and they put him in a tomb. That's what his focus was on. He was still looking at that. And in his mind, because he wasn't walking by faith, because he wasn't believing what Jesus Christ had been teaching him and telling him all along the way, he was walking by sight. So he doubted. That's pretty bad. Well, don't, feel, don't, don't get to feeling you're so great. How many times you go through difficulties and struggles in your life and your focus is not, not on what the Lord has taught you. Your focus is not on the Word of God. Your focus is not on what He has showed you. And you're looking, you're walking by sight and you're, you're seeing this problem and that problem and this difficulty and that difficulty. And you're doubting. Lord, where are you at? Lord, why are you letting me go through this? Lord, are you even, do you even know what's going on in my life? And you're doubting and you're beginning to struggle. He was out of focus. Well, I'll tell you what, if we can get our eyes on the Lord, on, on the Lord it would make a lot of difference. Too many times we get our eyes on the sinking ship instead of the lifeboat. The ship can be going down and there's a lifeboat on there. If you don't get your eyes on that lifeboat, you're going to miss the lifeboat. Jesus Christ, he said, get your eyes off that sinking ship, that cross. He said, get your eyes on that empty tomb. He said, listen, that's what you got, the lifeboat. Remember what I told you. Remember what I've done. And, and, and remember how that you should walk after me and walk after what I told you, not after what you see. Some of you here this morning may have your attention on the difficulties and the struggles and, and fearful of what somebody might say if you was to go forward and get saved. But can I tell you something? You got your eyes on the wrong thing. Jesus said, all that it come to me, I will no wise cast out. In fact, he said, hey, listen, every one of us, he said, we all owe a sin debt that we can't pay. In Romans chapter 3 and in verse 10, so as it's written, there's none righteous, no, not one. And you go on over and it says, for who's uh, uh, over in, 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 in uh, uh, Romans chapter 6 and verse, verse uh, 23, it says, for the wages of sin is death. And we get to look at man, everybody's dying. And, and boy, I, tell, I just don't know what's going to happen with me if I was to die, if I was to get to COVID and die, or if I was to have this happen and I'd die, or if this would happen. I just don't know what, where I would be at. Can I tell you what the Lord said? Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We focus on all the problems, but we, we fail to look at the lifeboat. Romans 5, 8 says, But God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He took our sins upon Him. He died in our place. It's a sacrificial death so that we could have eternal life. You go over to Romans chapter 10. 
And in, in, in verse, uh, uh, verse uh, uh, 10 there, he says, uh, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's with our heart that we receive Jesus Christ. Not this little gray matter up here. It's with the heart that you want him, that you desire him, that you want him to come into your heart and life and save you. You drop down to verse 13. It says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not might be, not maybe so, but shall be. Those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, asking him to forgive them of their sins, come into their hearts and lives and say, he said, it's sealed, it's done, it's taken care of. But we're always looking at things that we can see. You see, you're missing the Savior and trusting in what you see instead of the unseen hand. There's a lot of people today that think they're going to heaven because of baptism. Baptism doesn't get you to heaven. Baptism is right after you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. But you must put your faith and trust in Him first as Savior. Then you follow Him in believer's baptism. It's an outward showing of what you've received on the inside. It looks good, but it doesn't save you. A lot of people uh, join a church and have their name on a church roll. It's good that you're a part of a church, and like, but it doesn't save you. It looks good, but it doesn't save you. A lot of people uh, have good works in their lives, and that's right, and you, can, and you can see those good works, but those good works won't save you. A lot of people go to church and, and write, and that's right, and, but it doesn't save you. You have to get back to what the Bible says. And by faith receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We've got to get our focus and our eyes back on Jesus Christ instead of what we're seeing and trust Him by faith. You see, Christian, also we can get out of focus like Thomas. Many times if we're not careful, we get our focus on something else. We begin to see what's happening, and there's a lot of good causes, but I'm going to be honest with you, the greatest cause is bringing others to Christ. There's a lot of good things in this world, but the greatest of all is to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Walking by sight instead of faith in the Lord, your eyes are on the, the circumstances in your life. The, your eyes are on, on your problems and your difficulties if you're not careful. You're focused on the death and not the resurrection, as I was talking about a while ago. When you walk by sight and not by faith, you'll begin to doubt. So, preacher, what are you going to doubt? You'll doubt God's love. Lord, I thought you loved me. Why am I going through all this difficulty? He said, wait a minute, what's your eyes on? He said, don't you believe what I told you? Don't you aren't you trusting the word of God? And we begin to doubt the love of God. Lord, but I'm going through this difficult time. I'm going through this struggle in my life. And, and Lord, where are you? If you look at the word of God and by faith, you'll see that he's right there where he's always been. Right by you. We doubt God's power. We see all the things taking place in our lives. Lord, can't, can't you do something about this? And we begin to doubt his power. We may doubt his plan. Lord, it, did you let this into my life? And we doubt God's plan. We doubt his presence. Lord, I'm wondering where you're at. We doubt our salvation at times when the struggles come into our lives. Am I really saved? Is that what the problem is? We doubt God's word. Lord, I, I thought that you said. He said, I did say. 
But you've got to realize that we've got to trust the Lord. Remember, walking by faith is when you, when a person trusts the Lord and trusts God's Word and, and the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God instead of our own flesh and our feelings or what others say or do. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 7 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. He said, trust me. Don't trust your own eyes. Don't trust what you necessarily that you see things going this way. It seems like it's hopeless and helpless, and you begin to doubt. He said, you've got to learn to trust me. He said, by faith, trusting me. Set your eyes on, and your heart on the, on the Lord. In Colossians chapter 3, beginning verse 1, it says, if... Ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. He said, set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. Too many times we're setting our eyes on the things of this world. This world is short-lived. It's fleeting. It's passing by quickly. It seemed, and I've said this so often, it seemed like just, uh, just, it just seemed like weeks or, or a year or so ago, I was, I was young and I was playing basketball. I was in high school. I was going here, going there, and, and doing all those things. And then it just seemed like uh, uh, just not too long ago that Janine and I got married and, and we had that little girl uh, named Heather, and, and she's kicking them little fat legs. You say, Heather don't got no fat legs. She had fat legs back then, fat arms, fat everything. She was a little fat thing. She a little butterball. And I remember that just like it was yesterday. And now I've got one that's going to graduate this year. Kelly and them, they took Brooke up yesterday, dropped her off at MU. Man, where does time go? It's like, whew. It's fleeting. Life is short. And oh, how we need to realize that we need to set our our affection, set our eyes on the things of the Lord, the things above, not on things of this earth. It says, for you're dead and your life is hid with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Not only was Thomas out of place and out of focus, but Thomas was out of mind. Thomas was out of mind. He wasn't thinking. He wasn't thinking right. He'd forgotten, as I said before, what Jesus had told him and the other disciples and many times about his death and his burial and his resurrection. He's thinking is skewed in a different direction because he's walking by sight and not by faith. You see, there's times that, that we don't realize that we exercise faith. You exercise faith all the time. I doubt very much anybody came in here. There might have been one or two. Come in here before you sit down, you... Feel good? Good, I'll sit in your seat. <laughs> we didn't see anybody do that, did we? 
You exercise faith all the time. I exercise faith every time I get in the car with my wife. <laughs> actually, actually, I exercise faith all the time when I'm preaching and I, sit, I bring up her name. That <laughs> I'll be alive tomorrow, amen? <clears throat> The fact is, is that we exercise faith all the time. But why is it that we, all of a sudden, when it comes to spiritual things, that we're out of mind and we, our thinking gets skewed and we quit trusting God? The reason is, is because we're walking by sight. What we can see. Lord says, I don't want you to walk by sight. He said, I want you to walk by faith. I want you to trust me. I want you to trust me. One of those things I mentioned, I think, last week about the, uh, the ropes, how that you walk across that, that log that was swinging back and forth. One of the other stations there was, is, you've all seen this, you, they put us on a platform like that, and you cross your arms like this here, and they say, okay, fall, and you just fall backwards. And you, you can't look. And there's supposed to be people down there catching you. Supposed to be. That's a big word, supposed to be, isn't it? We laugh about it, but supposed to be. You know what God says? Go ahead and fall. He said, I'll be here. And we're saying, God's supposed to catch me. God's supposed to catch me. And we get to looking. That's not faith. That's walking by sight. God, I don't see you. He said, just because you can't see me don't mean I won't catch you. In fact, the scripture says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. But the problem is, is we skew our thinking by what we see happening. All we see is the problems, the difficulties, people who are failing. And it seems as though the Lord's not there to catch us. Thomas, his thinking was towards something else. It wasn't towards the Lord. When you walk by sight, Satan will twist your thinking away from the faith in the, in the Word of God and, or the leadership of the Holy Spirit. That's where we're at today, to be honest with you, in this crazy society that we're living in. The thinking is messed up. You know why? Because Christians and all of us were walking by sight and not by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Why is it that we got this craziness going on now? It's because we're walking by sight and not by faith. You see, you must guard your thinking. And that faith, in fact, Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true... Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. That's not what the world wants you to think on. The world wants you to think on the destruction and the problems and the difficulties and, and this and that. Hey, listen, we need to get our, 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 our thinking back on the things of God again. Satan will work at getting your mind thinking, uh, 
to take a hold of it, to get you to doubt the Lord, to walk by sight. And that's why we've got to prove all things with the Word of God. In fact, this, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 says, verse 21 says, Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. So how do you prove it? With the Word of God. We need to get our minds wrapped around the things of God, the Word of God, the leadership of the Lord. We need to prove it with His Word. But I want you to notice something here. There's a good part to the story in Thomas's life. Look at verse 26 with me. But after eight days, after eight days, the eighth day came. But after eight days, again, his disciples were with, within and Thomas with them. And then came Jesus, the, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then, then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Could you get a hold of that? No, sir, it was eight days. I don't know if you've ever done much study on numerology and, and the, the, the numbers uh, You've got different numbers that mean different things in the Bible. Do you know what the number eight means? The number eight is new beginnings. New beginnings. The eighth day was a new beginning for Thomas because he's about to see the Lord. His faith is about to be restored. His faith is going to be taken off of what he uh, is going to be put on, on the Lord instead of walking by sight. You see... Notice there that Jesus also came again. Uh, he came again unto him. Oh, hey, did you, you ought to go through the Bible and look at all the agains in there. Could I just throw a few of them out here for you? It won't cost you anything extra. Uh, I, I, the Word of God, we've been preaching about Jonah, and we're about to hit this on Wednesday night, Lord willing. Uh, and the Word of the Lord came again to Jonah after Jonah had repented in the, in the belly of that great fish. The word of the Lord, the Lord set that fish up and spit him out on dry ground. And as the Bible says, and the word of the Lord came unto him again. Boy, I'm glad that God gives us an again. We find there in the, the angel came to Elijah under the tree again the second time and touched him so that he would have the strength and the power to go all those miles and go all that direction that God wanted him to go. Uh, we find that the Bible says that will, will not, not revive us again. Boy, I'll tell you what, we're, need, we're needing the hand of God to touch our lives again and see the stirring of God's uh, hand in, in the church again and see God doing great and mighty things again. Jesus said you must be born again to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. He said you must be born again. Jeremiah 18.4 talks about the potter. He says, uh, Vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter. Boy, I'm glad that the Lord doesn't leave us a broken vessel. He takes us and he makes us a, a vessel again. He reshapes our lives and he wants us to live for him. He does it again and he cares for you and me. We find there another one that he, he uh, the Bible says, rejoice in the Lord always. And then what he say? And again, I say rejoice. But boy, the greatest one of them all, Jesus said, if I go away, I will come again. That where I am, there you may be also. The coming of the Lord is soon. And here's Thomas now. He sees the Lord. You say, preacher, do you think that he stuck his finger in those nail holes? No. 
Do you think he took his hand and put it in his side? No. Because you see him here, he go in verse 27, he says, say, He said, Then reach hither thy finger and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side, and be thou not faithless. But boy, I'll tell you what you find there. Hey, listen, you find Thomas, he answered, and he said to him, My Lord and my God. I think that he fell on his face, uh, uh, Dustin. I think he fell on his face and he just hollered out, Lord, you're God, you're mighty, you're, you're my Lord and you're my God. He'd been walking without faith. He wasn't trusting what Jesus had said. He was out of place. He should have been there. He was out of focus. He was looking at the wrong thing. He was out of mind. He wasn't thinking right. And he was doubting. I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know if there's doubts in your heart and mind about things. But this I can tell you, if you'll walk by faith and not by sight, you can say, my Lord and my God. You can trust him. He'll never fail you. And I love that part where it comes in there. When he came in the first time, he said, he said, peace be unto you. And then a little bit later, before he left him, he said, peace be unto you. And then when he stepped into that room, when Thomas was there that time, he said, peace be unto you. Can I tell you that you'll never have peace until you learn to walk by faith and trust Jesus Christ. I remember before I got saved, there was a turmoil in my heart. I had no peace. I remember when I was young, we, we lived in a mobile home. We lived out in the country, and there was a big maple tree. That thing was huge. And the limbs would, in a real heavy winds and stuff, would kind of hit the edge of that mobile home a little bit once in a while. And I remember laying there awake at night during storms, thinking if that tree comes crashing down, it's going to come right across my bed where I'm laying, and I'm going to die. And I had no peace because I knew I wasn't saved. I went to church. I tried to obey my parents, tried to obey the teachers, tried to do right the best I could. But I was lost. I'd never come to that place where I admitted that I needed Jesus Christ and that I was a sinner that I couldn't make it on my own merits, couldn't make it on my own good works. Boy, I'll tell you what, I was under conviction that there was no peace in my heart and life week after week after week after week. I remember standing in that back of that uh, 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 Tabernacle Baptist Church, had a hold of that pew under conviction. There was knowing that I needed to get saved and hanging on that pew. And I looked down and my knuckles were turning white. And the lady turned around to me and looked me in the face. She said, would you like to go forward and get saved? And all inside my heart was a pounding. And I knew that I needed to get saved. There was no peace. And I looked at her and I said, no, I'm all right. I'm all right. But you know what? When I said I was all right, there was still no peace. Till the middle of May, 1975, on a Wednesday night, sitting there with with a girlfriend and my teenage buddies. And I was always worried about what they might say. 
And I remember the very words that I said to myself, I'm not going to hell for nobody. And got up and went forward and received Jesus Christ, my Savior. And you talk about a peace that came in. There was a peace that settled the storm, settled the heart. And I began that walk by faith. Have you always walked by faith, preacher? No. There's times I walk by sight. And then I got to get back and realize I got to get my focus back. I've got to be in that place with the Lord, that fellowship. I've got to think right. And boy, the peace begins to come back. This morning, I don't know what the doubts might be. I don't know who's dealing with the doubts. But don't. You don't have to have the doubts. Don't let your name be attached as Doubting Thomas. If you're a Christian here this morning, there's struggle in areas, the best place to go is to an altar and say, Lord, I'm struggling. Help me to get back and walk by faith, not by sight. Maybe this morning, you don't know Christ your Savior. What to do, preacher? I want you to come here this morning. I'll meet you right here. We'll take a Bible. We'll show you how to receive Jesus Christ your Savior. And you too can have that peace that Jesus himself said, peace be unto you. Let's bow. Father, we thank you for loving us. Help us not to walk by sight and doubt, but help us to walk by faith and to trust. Oh, what a powerful, powerful thing it is to put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you'd be with us this morning. You know the need of every heart. I don't. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd have your will and way in this invitation. If there's some here that don't know Christ as Savior, I pray they'd come. Let's take a Bible, show them how to be saved. Lord, if Christians are having struggles and doubts, Lord, I pray they'd find a place here and renew that walk, that fellowship, correct that, that focus, get that that mind thinking back towards the things that you said and made promises to us in the Word of God. Have your will and way, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning with your heads bowed, your eyes closed?